Welcome to another episode of Nobody's Muses. This is Rachel. Hi, it's Crystal. We are glad to be back again, and we are here to talk about episode track seven of the Amazon Prime original series, Daisy Jones and the Six. And don't forget, you can follow us on YouTube. You can find our podcast streaming wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also check us out on Instagram at Nobody's Muses and our email, Nobody's Muses at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, so don't forget to subscribe and like and write a review. We would love all of those things. But if you're just going to listen, we love the listener too. You don't we have love, to write reviews. We love listeners. All right. Um, so let's jump into it. Yeah. Let's go. So this is track seven, She's Gone. I am thinking the Daryl Hall and John Oates song. song, which I do love. And written, in writing credit goes to Susan Coyne, who is kind of part of the Mozart in the Jungle writing crew. And directed by Will Graham, who's directed many, many of the episodes so far. So, um, that's all we got there. All right, um, so we open with, uh, there's no cold open on this one. We just get right into it. And it goes back two years. Mm-hmm. Goes back to 1975, which I thought was kind of weird. Or it was, I don't know, I was, I was surprised that the, the show gave it two years to record Aurora, yeah. right? Am I following I was the really timeline right? I surprised that, okay, so the last we see Simone is she says goodbye to her and then Daisy's all sad that here I've got a number one record and nobody to share it with and then she goes to the party that night or, well, no, she goes to jail. Karen has to get her from the party Pick her, get her from jail, then she goes to the party. So that's a two-year time span? I guess so. I mean, I it makes so. more sense in the sense of how long it actually takes to make an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so, right. But it feels, felt much more sped up in those episodes to me than... Yeah, it didn't seem like it took... Yeah, it didn't seem like it took two years to put the album together. It felt like it went really fast. Yeah. It seemed like it timelined it over like a month or six weeks or so. But anyway... We have gone back two years, um, and we find Simone um, getting off of the bus. She is in New York City, and she is ready to start her life and reconnect with Bernie. So she initially goes to this club. Um, the person that opens the door says, we don't have any more room, and she has to throw out, out Bernie's name so that she can get into the door. She walks into this club, and it's um, gay, it's lesbian, it's transgender it's drag queens it's all all the things um of this underground seemingly underground kind of nightclub i don't know that i mean there were gay clubs well-known gay clubs in new york in the 70s so but this one kind of seemed maybe um, a little you know a little hidden yeah but she gets in there and she finds bernie and um, she is, you know, in the booth, in the DJ booth with Bernie, talking to her and reconnecting with her. And then Bernie decides that she's going to play Simone's track, right? Yep. And so everybody 
goes crazy. This has been like a fan favorite. I guess Bernie's been playing it since um, she heard it and has been playing it a lot for the people in the club. And um, they are, they, they get it. They love it. And they start um, dancing. So Bernie plays Simone's remix. The crowd, the crowd goes crazy. And she says to her, check it out. You've got fans. And I think Simone is truly just blown away by the fact that people are actually listening to her song. So we cut to Bernie and um, Simone and... Oh, they're wait. at their apartment. Well, they're at their apartment. Um, yeah, and so <clears throat> they, you know, they're at Bernie's apartment. And you see them kind of start kissing. But I thought this was crazy. Like, Simone is so uncomfortable with all this. That she goes and she closes the curtains. She just, even in private, she is not ready to, I don't know, not ready to accept this part of herself, not ready to acknowledge this part of herself. I don't know what it is. I can't speak from that experience. Um, but she goes so far as to close, is to close the window or close the curtains in this apartment that is up several flight or several stories in New York. Um, it's just weird. It's weird. So, um, thoughts on Bernie? Well, I just really love this character. Actually, in the in the notes and in the comments on YouTube, I'll put a really nice um, article about this because I really liked the fact that I feel like Bernie is a kind of lesbian that isn't represented that much on TV. I feel like we really like a certain kind of lesbian on TV, and I think that Bernie um, is, you know, is a different flavor that is actually, I feel like, pretty common, and right. I like the fact that usually so much sometimes in in pop culture and TV, mainstream TV, if you do have a lesbian, well, she's a hot lesbian, you know, and not, not that, not that the woman who plays Bernie isn't, not, not that Bernie is an incredibly attractive person, but she doesn't follow femme norms she right. wears very you know manly man, more manly type clothes but yeah um and you know i feel like i'm treading a um, little bit scary water but i just think it's nice to see that um the kind of lesbian that sometimes makes straight people uncomfortable being represented on tv and well and um, let's not forget we we also get a representation of lesbian that is typically white yeah um, we don't get a lot of person uh, persons of color in yeah. um, what I would consider a positive representation. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, Bernie is authentic. Um, Bernie is comfortable in her skin and comfortable in her sexuality. And Simone is trying to catch up. Yeah. But she seems to be fighting it in certain points along the way. It's got to be hard also for Bernie. I think, you know. Well, yeah, so. because she is so comfortable and she is so who she is. And then to have this attraction to someone that is not there yet, you're ready to live your life out in yeah. the open. And you've got somebody that is not ready um, to be there yet. But again, if you have this true attraction and this true connection with a person, I, I guess you could be patient for that to come. And I think we see Bernie is an extremely patient person as we go through this and she tries very very hard to give Simone the time to 
come into herself and accept who she is and helps her along the way, reminding her, you know, we'll see throughout this episode reminders that Bernie shares with Simone to try to get her to a more comfortable place. But um, we wake up the next morning and, you know, they joke about um, someone says something about she doesn't usually, you know, wake up next to people the next day. She's usually out and Bernie says something about her. Yeah, you're usually out the door pretty quick. You're one of those that's out of the door pretty quickly. And yeah, Simone, Simone um, accepts that and, and um, takes that in and acknowledges that, that that's pretty, pretty much who she is. And then we flip back into the club and Bernie is trying to convince a very reluctant Simone to get out there and actually sing her song. So I'm trying to figure out why, you know, as someone who desires so much to be creative and performing, um, but she is so incredibly reluctant and the face and the eye roll that she almost gives her as, you know, she asks her to go down and perform. I'm just trying to figure out like what, you know, where is this reluctance coming from? Because, you know, she's been working on this for a while and has wanted this for a while. Um, but yet now that she has a chance to perform for people, it's, it's not, it doesn't come easy to her. Well, do you think one, it's because of the crowd? Do you think she's afraid to perform in front of a predominantly, um, gay lesbian crowd? Is that why? I don't know. Or is it because she is, um, maybe this isn't how she pictured it. It's not at the troubadour. Right. It's a mic and a band. It's with just backing music, basically singing over her own record. You know, I, I almost, uh, and again, I don't want to make any assumptions, but it's almost to me as though she's just not ready to let her music be um, embraced by that community because she herself is not ready to be in that community fully. And so maybe she's afraid, you know, if my music is out and connected to this community, then people are going to connect me to this community. And I'm not really sure that I'm ready to be connected to this community yet. I don't know, but she was super, I mean, the eye roll and just like, I mean, it was almost like a petulant child that you're just like, go, you know, go and yeah. go and load the dishwasher. And it was like, Ugh. <laughs> well, do you I've think it's also that times. she's like, you know, maybe she protests too much. Like, Oh, I don't really want to sing. Is it, is it that? Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? But she gets out there and performs and you see her start to open up as the crowd is just going wild and, you know, loving this for her and loving this song and really getting into it. And so she does relax and you see her embrace the moment and really, um, you know, perform for the crowd. Um, and then this, this segment, we kind of have some voiceover from Simone, which comes from the future. So it's 1997 Simone talking to the interviewer, but it's over, it's over 1975 content or 1975 footage. And so she's speaking to the interviewer and she says, um, you know, she just gets out there and she sings the song over and over again and performs it again every night, multiple times. Um, and there's a point in which she, I think returns to the booth mm -hmm. and is, you know, try or Bernie comes in for a kiss and she's just like, no, stop it. Right. And I was just like, again, 
you're in this place where you are going to get nothing but acceptance and in, and love and yet you still are not ready to to make right. that leap and be that public and open about it so again i can't i don't want to make any assumptions because no. i have not traveled that path so i will never you know i don't want to imply that i know exactly what's going on um but it's just some some things that you see from the outside of you know again just having this opportunity to live her most genuine and truthful self and just still being very very scared to do that mm-hmm. and i think we can all understand fear and being scared of doing stuff um and it's easy for us on the outside to say, oh, go for it, you know, you're, you're going to be okay, but. Well, and also, you know, the thing that being gay in this world, especially even more then, still now, though, is that that is something that becomes the thing that you are, like, in a way, you know, you're the gay musician, you know, like, you're not Simone, Right. You know, like, I think that that's, especially back then, it's even harder. And if you look at the, you know, some of the out artists of that time, you know, they didn't fare very well. You know, most of them did stay closeted because of that. Right. Right. There weren't a whole lot. There weren't a whole lot that were out. Yeah. Or there was just, you know, an implication that they were, but never a confirmation that they were out. Right. Because, again, it was dangerous times. It, you know, yeah. it's surprising how little we've progressed um, over the last, you know, 40 years, 50 years. But, um, but yeah. Um, so we cut to, they're back at the apartment. And Simone says, I would just rather keep this low key. And yeah. so Bernie says, you know, there's always somewhere we have to be careful. But in the club with our people, if we can't dance there, then where can we dance? I just don't want to keep hiding something that feels this good. Yeah. That's beautiful. So there's Simone just, again, being really patient, but trying to show her that she can be out. And especially, as I said, especially in front of this group of people with the with this community here, um, she is more than... Um, you know, there's more of an opportunity for her to, her to be her authentic self. If she even knows what her authentic self is yet. And maybe right. that's it. Maybe she hasn't decided what her authentic self is yet. So. <clears throat> and then we cut to, and then we kind of get into like a montage, a very big like montage of stuff. And it's um, 1997, Simone saying, she was right. I was hiding and I wasn't ready to stop. Um. And then we see um, in 1976, Simone and Bernie in the recording studio. And Simone says, I put everything I was feeling into the music. And once I did, that song just worked. And the song they're doing is Last Night Together. Mm -hmm. Um, And Simone says, I mean, that's how it was back then. We had to do everything ourselves. We put it out on a tiny label and hand delivered it to every DJ we knew. And, you know, she talks about, you know, suddenly we're doing four songs a night and we're doing roller discos and they're also doing places, they're doing nicer clubs, they end up doing places where they're straight people and, but then every night they would come back to their club and perform and, you know, and she says, um, and then, and she says, I might have been comfortable enough yet to dance with her, but I, 
making music together, making pimple dance was the next best thing. So, um, you know, I think um, that is just, you know, and the song itself is a really nice um, thing about, um, you can read it one way as just as a dance party song, but it's actually a song about, you know, it says, people say I'm free, but they don't know me. I like it wild. You keep it tight. This is about Bernie and Simone in a lot of ways, the mm-hmm. lyrics to this song. Well, and then there's and, one line about our friend, you know, being deviants and things like that. Um, yeah. Which, you know, that mentality was definitely there. Um, so yeah, what did you think about, so we, we got two songs from Simone during this. We got, um, you're loving enough, um, in kind of the first part of it. And then we got, um, and then we got the second song, which was, wait a second. Did I get those right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And then we got, um, last night together. So what did you think about her songs? I thought they were good. I mean, they sound kind of like disco. They sound of the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I I could hear, you know, I could hear Donna Summers in there. Yeah. I could hear, you know, especially the, the yeah. early, early Donna Summer, like I Feel Love, like the stuff that got her, her start in the club yeah. scene. Hey, did you see that there's going to be like a documentary on Donna Summers coming I on think HBO? Yeah, I'm definitely watching that. Yes. Yes. Um, definitely you, will be watching that. I mean, all the stuff with Marauder that she did, I thought they did a good job of kind of drawing on those ideas um, mm-hmm. for those songs. And, well, um, and then I thought of, like, Amy Amy, Stu- Amy Stewart, yeah, who sang Knock on Wood. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, so, yeah. Oh. So, I mean, there was definitely some connection that you could pull from that 70s era, early 70s era disco black females. Um, so I think they did a good a good job of creating that same vibe for her connecting you know with her outfits that you know gave us you know recognition of some very influential people of that time so they did a you know a good job of of finding a way to make sure she was connected into that space at that point in time in music and also like her clothes like her clothes like there's one and she's straight up looks like um shaka khan and rufus like she's got this little kind of I don't know it's kind of weird like native looking yeah it kind of looks like leather and it's yeah. got feathers all over it and stuff yeah like that. I mean, it's yeah. very Shaka Khan and Rufus mm-hmm. um and, and then there was also... the one they started this the shot was from up above and it was like mm-hmm. the sequin outfit and that gave that gave me like very Donna Summer looking yeah. you know with like the leotard mm-hmm. and kind of something over that but you could still very much tell it was a leotard so yeah they did a really good job but I do think the music I think the songs were good um, yeah. And a good representation of what she was trying to evolve into at that point in time. Well, and just the high, the idea of, especially at that time, and I mean, the thing that, you know, hurt disco in the long run was because of who it, it was for in the first place, is that it was a, it was a music genre for, that, you know, was for, it was R&B based, so a lot of black people, and it was very much a part of, you know, the gay and lesbian culture, especially gay culture, and then it became very popular, and, but then there was the backlash, and that's who they could say, well, we don't like it because of who mm. makes it, you know. Yeah. We went from disco to hair metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I just think it's hilarious because they're like, oh, we hate disco. And then, like, two years later, you just listen to all of the Duran Duran or any of that, you know, any of that music from that time. And it's that's disco. Yeah. You know, it's just guess what? You, you know, the you know what the big difference is? The people who are playing the music in front of you are white. Right. You know, but Nile right. Rogers is in the background making all that good music just like he did when he was in front of Sheik. So, you know, speaking of Nile Ro- Niles Rogers, you never realize how much he touched in music. Yeah. So I saw him open for Duran Duran back in the fall and just he did these montages and it is just mind blowing how much music that man has created for yeah. so many people over so many decades it's mind-boggling and every one of them every one of them are bangers every one of them are songs that you all love and sing all the time well and i would say one thing that i did think of that i didn't mention when we're talking about the songs is you know he um you know one of the most important songs of that time for disco is i'm coming out by donna song by you know diana ross diana ross and we know what that means and they right. knew what it meant back then she wrote those they wrote those songs for her community like they specifically she, he and his collaborator i can't remember his name because you know can't remember people's names anymore and but they worked with her specifically they wrote that song because she wrote that for her fans who she knew a lot of her fans were gay men right she wrote that for them yeah you know Okay, so we the, the show is called Daisy Jones and the Six, so we got to get something in there that's <laughs> Daisy Jones, and so we do. We're going to kind of transition, so, um, you know, Bernie and and Simone are hanging around her apartment, and the phone rings, and Bernie answers it, and it's Teddy, and he asks, you know, to speak to Simone, and then he you know and he's nice i mean he's asking her how she's doing and things like that and he's like who's that that answer the phone and someone says oh it's just my roommate you know i had two women that lived near my household that um my dad and our family talked to all the time because they showed horses and my dad was my family showed horses too and they were roommates yeah it's like duh (laughs) but yeah so they're roommates and, um, you know, he's like, hey, have you, you know, have you checked on, or have you heard from Daisy or anything like that? And, you know, he, I mean, Simone's not concerned, you know, she's like, no, but, you know, she'll be back in time for the, rec- you know, for the record release or no, he said no, that she, she missed, missed the record, record release. release. So she'll be back in time for the tour. So, I mean, Simone wasn't concerned about it. This was very Daisy to just, you know, up and disappear. And, and not be in contact with anybody. And I mean, you know, it's not like it is now where you can just text friends all the time and stuff like that. You know, you'd have to make an effort to make a long distance phone call and track somebody down. And she wasn't very concerned about it. So, um, you know, for her, 1997, someone says, Daisy and I had kept in touch, but I, but I wasn't worried. And honestly, she had her own thing going on. So, you know, she wasn't having to take care of Daisy. So she wasn't having to worry about Daisy because she was really in her own element and was doing her thing. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, Daisy's disappeared, but nobody seems overly concerned about it. Or at least Simone doesn't seem overly concerned about it. So then we cut to obviously Simone has performed somewhere 
and she's coming out looking very glamorous in like this long fur-esque coat and um you know bernie's got a surprise for her and there's she's trying to shuffle her into a limousine and come to find out that there's some people that want to make to basically produce Simone's music and make records and so she of course is absolutely thrilled um you know squeals about it and then there was a you know kind of goes cozies in on bernie but the limo driver gets in the car and makes eye contact with her in the rearview mirror. And so, of course, she backs off. And, you know, just talking about, like, what all could happen. And, you know, super excited, super excited, but still guarded and not wanting to connect um, physically with Bernie in that back seat. And then all of a sudden, a... <laughs> I love the era of telegraphs. I don't understand, or telegrams. I, I, I don't understand the era because by the time, you know, you and I were in existence, we had, you know... I mean, yes, yeah, some areas of the country probably still had party lines, but for the most part, people had phones in their homes. So the well, whole concept of sending a telegraph just cracks me up. It's I mean, I so- just always love the the idea of the telegraph of stop, da da da, stop. Like you know, even the way you say a telegraph, I just think it's so cool. I would love to get a telegram. That would be so cool. Can't but you still I just send want to know telegram? how did this person know? Like, it was people, almost like they were serving her papers, you know, and, like, yeah, knock on the had, window, and here's a telegram. It's so weird to me. I'm going to bet it was some, but, like, and then, like, where do you send the, like. I mean, was that at her club that they always send? Like, yeah, how did they that, know? It was so because weird. Because I'm betting that that person worked for the club, and she okay. came out and, to catch Simone. But it's, like, how did Western Union know that the, that the. The I know it's to go to, telegram need to go there. I don't know. It's just a confusing tele- concept. How, I don't how understand do they work? it. How it's like magnets. It's the same thing. How do they work? I don't understand how telegrams work. It's yeah, because like, if something goes over, I mean, why couldn't you just pick instead of having to do the whole Morse code thing? You know, why couldn't you just pick up the phone at one telegram office and call another telegram office and say, "Hey, write this down and give it to this person." I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, she gets this telegram and understandably she opens it up and it just simply says, I need you, Daisy, is what the text that we see. Well, I'm sorry. If you got a telegram that says, I need you, I would be concerned as well. If I got a telegram for you or if I got a text from you that said, I need you, I would get worried um, that something had happened. So they head back to their apartment and Simone is packing up her bag. And, you know, it's like, I think Bernie kind of, it kind of feels like Bernie's trying to talk her out of it. But then all of a sudden she's like, nope, you know what? Um, she starts packing her bag and she says, you know, um, you sure, you sure as hell ain't going to Greece by yourself. So, um, you know, here's this again, Bernie's in. Yes. Bernie is all into this relationship. Simone is still not there. But Bernie is in this relationship. And, you know, that's the thing is like she is committed to this relationship. So if something is important to Simone, it is important to Bernie because that's how much she values their relationship. And so, and I mean, Simone says, you know, she's trying to explain to Bernie why she's like, she doesn't have anybody else. She should be in jail. I don't know. You know, this is. 
And I think, I think sometimes we have relationships with people where we like being the one who has our shit together. And I think there's a little bit of that with Simone mm-hmm. and her feelings with Daisy. She likes to kind of to be the one, the big sister who has the shit together. Right. And I think so as much as I do think she really cares about Daisy and is legit worried, I think there's also a lot of, well, if I don't help her, who's going to help yeah. her kind if of I'm thing. If I'm not going to save her, then nobody's going to save her because she has yeah. nobody. Yeah. Um, but it is about, I think it is so sweet. And Bernie is fully committed to this, even though Simone won't even kiss her in public. Mm-hmm. You know. So then we cut to beautiful shots of them. Um, on a boat in Greece and we have the big key that says Hydra and I did I did some research and they did actually shoot in Greece Wow! so this was all legitimate they went over there and they shot and I was like life is rough life is rough for the cast of Daisy Jones and the so I think it's really funny because I get nervous you know I have not I'm not well traveled a foreign traveler just going to Mexico made me nervous. So like, I can't imagine in the seventies without the help of Google and the internet to do research, to even try to get to Greece and then like to have to take a horse to find this place and all of these things. I'm like, I got very caught up into the logistics of how this worked. Well, they talked about this article that I found talked about this place being, there's no cars there. Like, So imagine trying to get equipment, filming, imagine trying to get equipment there and lug it around town and get it up all those small little walkways and those staircases of those houses built into the side of, you know, this island. And so, yeah, but it was so beautiful. Greece is one of those places that I would love to visit. But yeah, they're walking. And, you know, here you have, you know, two city girls, you know, Bernie, who's grown up in in New York and they're riding (laughs) horses through through, they're like looking for a taxi can we get a taxi a taxi and the lady point the lady points over and there's two horses so they just hop on and start finding and they're again we don't have we don't have google we don't even have a map scout we're just like trying to figure out which house could it be which house could it be that stresses me out thinking about that (laughs) so then somehow they find it daisy runs up and she looks fine. She looks high, but she looks fine. And she's like, oh, my God, you came. And, like, this whole time, Simone is looking worried. Like, And Simone's like, okay, what do you need? I've got bell money. And, you know, she's like, I'm not in trouble. I'm getting married. And I got to tell you, I, if, especially if I'm Bernie, I'm pissed. Like I have, and if I'm Simone, I am pissed. I have been worried sick about you. You send me a telegram that says I need you, and then this is what it is. And this is what I see. No, Um, I mean, I do want to go back that scene where they when they started and they were coming in the water. That little song that they play, that choo choo song, I love uh, that song. (laughs) I love that song. I was like. Because I, yeah. I mean, I love all of those like French speaking, like poppy yeah. sounding songs that I yeah. don't understand a word of, but yeah. I just love them. They make me happy. Yeah. My husband, like, he has a whole like mix of those that we listen to. Oh, I need that playlist. Yeah. Because so, yeah, those make me happy. But so yeah, we're just, I'm not in trouble. I'm getting married. I just like, Fucking oh, you hell. know, I feel like you and I had a friend like that and, mm. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely right. And I'm just like, oh God, 
you know. <laughs> and therefore, I don't have that. Therefore, I got rid of that friendship <laughs> really, really quick because she was but, stressing me out. Yes. So then she's, I'm not getting married. And then, you know, long, tall drink of water, Nikki comes in. He's very attractive. Very handsome. Um, in the book, he's Italian. In the mo- in the show, he's Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should also say in the book, they're not in Greece. No. In the book, she went to Thailand. And then she went she, to Phuket. But then she, okay, but then yeah, initially, initially but, she went to Thailand, and and she find goes to find her in Thailand, but then has to find her in Italy, right? Yeah, it's really a mess. I mean, Simone gets um, screwed over even worse in the book. <laughs> you but know, yeah, so Nikki's we meet Nikki. He's very she, handsome. Yeah, you know, very attractive. Looks nothing like, you know. Nothing tall. similar to Billy, yeah. you know, tall, short hair, very, clean. just very um, aristocratic is the word that I would use. And, and I, I think I can do a pretty good date now. He's just not like anyone I've ever met. He lives in the moment. He's free. And, and she t- says, I told him I couldn't marry him without, marry him without my maid of honor. And then Bernie says, well, maybe next time use a telephone. Ding, 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 ding. Pick up a call. Pick up a phone. And then Simone asks Nikki about the six, and Daisy hasn't told him anything about her music or anything. And, and, like, to me, that, you know, if you're Simone, and you know how important music is to her, that, Mm -hmm. that's a huge problem. Yes. But but she's she in this in this place in Hydra, she is allowed to forget all that happened in L.A. Yeah, the heartbreak, the tension, you know, all of that falling for falling for Billy, you know, him being manipulative, all those things. She has escaped that and hasn't had to think of that. But she brought her she brought her reality into yeah. it when she brought Simone in. Right. So you can sit there in your little perfect bubble in Hydra with your beautiful aristocratic mm-hmm. Irishman, but you just took a piece of your reality and brought it to you. So you can't you can't be surprised when reality slaps you in the face. Well, and also she Okay, the, all of that was painful, and the things that she did that time with Billy, there was a lot of pain. But it was also, as she said, one of the greatest times of her life. Mm-hmm. So she's not only cutting herself from off from the painful part, but she's cutting herself off from the joy. Right. You know? Nikki has no idea. He thought she was a poet. Yeah. Didn't realize that she was a, a, a rock star. Can we just talk about him for a minute? Yeah. He he is annoying. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like, yeah, like when we get to him talking about, oh, I'm a student of life and I'm, you know, and I don't, like, he's just, he's just awful in a lot of ways. He is, I mean, they created this extremely stereotypical trust fund privilege man child when you know oh i'm a student of life i'm working on a dis- i'm working on i'm working on a dissertation god only knows how long he been working on that dissertation 
Yeah. He's been working no, on that dissertation for 10 what years. School? Where is he going to school? Like, yeah. what does that even mean? I have, you know, but yeah, so we have, you know, we have this extremely privileged individual who is basically a trust fund baby um, who just kind of flits around and, you know, makes life easy um, for Daisy to forget all that she has yeah. going on back in, back in her reality in California. So then, where are we? So Simone and Bernie are in the bed in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Simone gets up and she goes out and she finds Daisy playing on this Greek guitar. A bazooki, I think, or bazooka, something like that is what I looked it up. Because I thought it was a lyre at first, but a lyre looks more like a harp. Um, and she asks, she asks her, what happened to your guitar? And she's like, oh, all my stash was in the case, so I just had to leave it behind. And so, um, you know, she's talking to her and she mentions something about, you know, just kind of the reality of life and how, you know, she, she has something that she's going to have, she has to go back, you know, there's something that she's committed to do. And I just can't see, um, you know, picture Billy riding on a, or Nikki riding on a tour bus for seven months and Daisy tries to tell her she's not going back what you're not going to go back and and she's like have you seen this have you have you seen this and she hands her the copy of the rolling stone magazine with daisy jones and the six on the cover and she just immediately says yes i saw it and i read it so why would i go back when i have everything that i want right here she doesn't have she doesn't have her music there she has this escape, this place to escape, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have reality there. So why would I go back when I have everything I want here? And someone's just like, that is you on this cover of Rolling Stone. And Daisy's just like, no, it's not me. Or no, it's not. And you know, some of these things that Daisy says throughout this episode, I would really embrace and believe were authentic things if she were actually sober yeah like for her to say that for her to look at that picture of herself and recognize that that's not the person that she is in that moment mm-hmm. if she were sober and looking back and saying that i would i would it would connect with me and i would realize it or i would accept it but she's not sober, and she's just trying to escape. Yeah, I mean, I think they do kind of an interesting job in this episode. I really was taking note of it. They don't show her just, they show her, um, they slowly show her drug use more obvious. Like, at <laughs> first, it doesn't seem that she's, it just seems like she's just high. And as we move through the episode, we see her and Nikki taking more and more drugs together so you know at first you could be if you were Simone or if you're Bernie going well she doesn't seem that fucked up to me you know right but but we you know, know that that's not true so you know Daisy walks away with the magazine because she doesn't want Simone you know telling her what to do and she looks at the magazine and you can tell like she looks at the cover and there's a moment where she's happy 
just like when we saw her with her looking at Billboard and seeing her excited whenever Honeycomb was number one. But then, you know, she looks at the article and you see the high, the title is Love, Lust, and Hatred, the Complex Relationship at the Heart of America's Next Great Band. And there's pictures of the band recording and a shot of her arguing with Billy and quotes like, we already had that sound. Daisy was more like icing on the cake. And a quote from Billy saying, talent like Daisy is wasted on someone like Daisy. But would Daisy's talent be present in a less difficult person? Um, You see things like addiction, head case, selfish. And she she puts the article away. I don't think she'd read it before. I don't think she'd actually read it yet. She told someone that, that she had seen it and she had read it. I don't. We we see the look of excitement when she looks at the cover. And then just the look on her face as she's reading these words. I I don't think she'd actually read it. Well, she did. She had, because he sent it to her. she got that paper copy of it, right? Right. So she hadn't seen the pictures and stuff, but she'd seen that. But to see it in the magazine. Yeah, no, no, she hadn't seen it in the magazine. Yeah, to no, see it in the magazine. No, that, that to me just like now everybody knows when yes. it was delivered, hand delivered to me. It was just an article that he had written, and then it was in an envelope, and nobody knew about it yet. Yeah. And so this disappearance of hers, maybe it didn't come to fruition, maybe something happened, but now it's physically in this copy of the Rolling Stone, and. There's no, I mean, everybody knows now. Everybody knows what Daisy Jones is really like. Yeah. So. Well, and I'm sure it is a little bit of denial. Like maybe they won't, maybe they will, won't print it like that. And yeah. then to see your picture and be like, wow, you know, that would be. Selfish. Bad. Addict. Also, I do love that picture of the, of her on the cover. That's such mm-hmm. a great picture of the band. That is a great picture. So like you said, she put it away. Mm-hmm. Hides it away. Yep. And then she tells Nikki that she's really excited to marry him. Mm-hmm. Or she can't wait to marry him. Yep. So so then we have like this beautiful day on the island in Greece. I think all, I'm betting that all days on an island in Greece are pretty, pretty stellar. But you're yeah, rich. this beautiful if you're day. Rich. Yeah. This beautiful day on the island and they're going to a friend's house and there's all these people, you know, and it's just like. Like, they're the complete characters, character, caricatures of, like, what you would think would be at a party. You have, you know, artists, and you have poets, and you have... But all of them, you know, they all seem like they're all just trust fund babies. Oh, yeah. They're just all trust fund babies. It's, it's really easy to be a poet who doesn't publish when you're already rich. <laughs> When you don't have bills to pay. Right. So it's this, again, this escapism from reality for Daisy that, you know, she's surrounding herself with all of these people who are these creative and, you know, earthy and just cosmic type of individuals. But yet they're all really probably just at the heart of it. Trust fund babies who couldn't get jobs, couldn't keep jobs, couldn't stay in school. And now they're well, just going to be poets and artisans. Hmm. Because, because they don't have to. And, right. like, especially if you're part of that culture, like, to actually try and work is, like, that's, that's, you're not supposed to do that. How right. gauche. Well, and, you know, you would, you know, that would be one of those, you know, 
the trust fund baby that, you know, our modern day trust fund babies that are going out and do charity events. But, you know, these people probably didn't want to do, you know, charity and work because they just thought that was that yeah. fed into the system. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It's like the whole, I don't know, there's all these articles about like, you know, because um, I don't watch Succession, but there was like where a woman was there making fun of a woman at a party on the succession characters because she was carrying a Burberry purse, Burberry purse. And the whole point of them being so rich is they have hats that don't have labels, but it's a $6,000 hat, you know, because like they're so rich, you don't even need a label. And that's, these people are old money. It's easy for them to be the guy who's like, Oh, I stopped publishing. I just, I write for myself. Yeah. But then we do have this conversation about, you know, he, he, he's, you know, they're talking about this, these friends are just talking about all these things that they do and, you know, who they are. And, and, you know, Simone is, Simone's in this party as they're going around and walking around and talking to these people. And, you know, she hears them talking and there's at one point where she's talked, this poet that we keep referring to, you know, she's, she talks to him and is introduced to him and, he asks her what she writes about and she, and he says, um, you know, anything, I think he says anything I want. And then Simone says something about, no, she mainly writes about loneliness. No, no, Daisy, he asks her what she writes about and Daisy says, um, anything, anything I, want. I want. And Simone says, well, she mostly writes about loneliness. And, yeah. So again, and there's Daisy Simone bringing her, her back to reality. <laughs> Simone's bringing her back to reality. But again, then he said, I, I write about love and madness. And yeah, then he stopped publishing because, you know, I'm not going to be beholden to the man mm-hmm. and making money. And so, yeah. So, and well, where, and then Simone gets into this whole conversation about, you know, well, isn't that the whole point of being creative is that we share our creativity with others, that we, you know, share that gift with people around us. And, and he was like, you know, well, if, you know, how do you, she asked him, how do you, how do people know about your work? And he's like, oh, <laughs> you can just come by my house. The door is unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Well, I do think that there is an interesting debate there, though. Because just like we're making this thing, you know, sure. um, you know, are we doing it to be heard and to be seen? Or is it in the joy in the making? Um because I do feel like a lot of times we get so caught up in the things we make, especially in this world, like, oh, if you're good at something, well, you should make that so you can sell it. Or So I do see there's a little bit of a point to what he's saying. Um, I, yeah. But I also, like, he's, it's he's very just, easy for him to say those yeah. things. And that is not who Simone is, and that absolutely isn't who Daisy is. And that, you know, Daisy's not going to just write poems. She worked her ass off for two years writing great music. Right. So, And but she I wants do... to perform. Yes. She doesn't want to tell these people she wants to perform, but she wants to perform. But like you said, there is something to his, his point, yeah, that, you I... know. And often sometimes when we have a creative outlet and we try to push it into a money-making outlet, we get burnt out really fast. Right. The, the myth of... Do the thing you love and you'll never work a day in your life is actual, well, that's, I think, kind of a lie. You know what I mean? That's like, some bullshit boomers try to tell us. Well, it's not just, it's, it's, it's just not necessarily true. And, like, I mean, ask, 
ask all the writers who are on strike right now how mm-hmm. that works out for you. Um, yeah. So I think, um, but I do think there's something to be said about why you're doing it and, you know, and also why Simone thinks it's so foreign to her and to Daisy, because that's not the people that they are. Right. Because I think for them and their gift in particular, they want to share it so that people will feel a connection to the music or a connection like... You know, because when we we hear we connect with songs when we feel like it's telling, mm-hmm. it it's telling a little bit about us as individuals. The songwriters connected with me through their lyrics because I feel, a, you know, I feel connection with those lyrics because it's similar to who I am as a person. It's similar to who I am as a life, you know, in my life. And so I do think that a lot of times singers, you know, artists like that, musicians like that, do want to share their gifts. Um, so that people can feel a connection to somebody or can feel heard, can well, feel acknowledged. Isn't that the whole point of Daisy? Wasn't this about, isn't Daisy about wanting to be be seen as something? That's why she changed her name to Daisy. That's like so much of this goes back to her issues with her mom, mm-hmm. you know. So he says he writes for the waves. <laughs> So then we cut to Daisy sitting at a table with a bunch of his friends. And, and of course, in my notes, she's got her foot, bare foot on the table. Why? Gross. Gross. Um, But his friend is telling her, you know, and she's got like a European accent that like he um, used to be so unhappy, you know, after his parents died in a car crash. But now with you, I think he's finally living again. And this is all news to her. She didn't know anything about this. He didn't know she was a musician. She didn't yeah. know his parents died. So, and then. So how genuine is this relationship when we have these yes! two major pieces of your life? Can and you this imagine? partner that you're ready to make a lifetime commitment to doesn't know this about you. So then we're at the same party and there's um, Bernie is um, standing with Simone and she says, um. I never knew the sky could look like this. It feels like we're on another planet. And says um, Simone says, nobody knows us, but we are going to have to go home. And then Bernice tells her that she loves her. And then she tells Simone she doesn't have to say anything back. And I also just go back to, like, is Bernie not the best girlfriend ever? I mean, because I probably would be like, girl, we need to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) But, I mean, just think about, um, I'm always amazed at the bravery it takes people to be the first one to say it. Yeah. Because if you think about that, that is a really, really brave thing to do. Because if you've ever said that and had somebody tell you. um, Thank you. (laughs) It's, or, you know, we really can't say those kinds of things yet. Yeah. Because, you know, but, yeah, it's just. So sweet. It's a very brave person that's going to be the first one to say I love you in a yep. relationship. So kudos to Bernie once again. Bernie, Bernie's the best. Bernie is the best. So um so we cut to them kind of walking home from the party. Yeah, Daisy and, and Daisy asks Nikki about his parents and why didn't you tell me your parents had passed? And he said, I'm here, I'm with you, and that's all that matters. So he doesn't want to talk about it. 
I was sad for a long time afterwards. And then I decided sadness was a choice. Yeah. So what do you do when you get sad? Daisy asks him. Do you just look away? And he comes back and he says, I look at the good things in life. I look at you and the rest just disappears. And that to me is a very privileged response. Oh, yeah. To be able to, you know, just say, I decided sadness was a choice. That sounds like a really um, nauseating um, self-help guru kind of response. It's yeah, just, no, yeah. The, the idea, um, I mean, I do think that, I mean, I think that there, I think what's interesting about this whole sequence is the red flags in this episode with Nikki and his friends are not glaring red flags. These are all things that kind of can be, don't, can be make sense, like just the conversation about art. Um, mm-hmm. And then him talking, like when he says pain is, is inevitable, suffering is optional, like things like that. There are certain truths pain about choices awesome. you can make about how you look at your life and what you want to do that um, that are kind of on that route. Yeah. Well, but, just I keep thinking, you know, I mean, if you're in that and you are so just like tunnel vision and in love we've all been there where we have missed all the red flags exactly and we know that daisy is really not that old you know she's probably what timeline wise mid-20s at this point yeah so she's really not that well you know life lived kind of thing in relationships and so when you're in the middle of that and you are so love drunk um you you often miss those red flags that other people can better see from the outside but i do i mean i i like the line that he did say that pain is inevitable suffering is optional um but again just like choosing to just say i'm not going to be sad anymore i guess that's really easy to say when well i I mean we let's face it we know what they're actually doing right yeah we know what he's doing so she starts to talk to him about billy and um, they're back at their place. I want to say it's like they're on the bed or something. Yeah, it's a really nice scene. Yeah. Like they're talking. You can tell they've been opening up. Like they had this moment with her par- with them and they're opening up and she tells him. Um, so she's telling know. him about. Yeah, she's telling him about um, Billy and she says some line about, you know, thinking that he was, you know, the one. There was this really deep connection and Nikki does say, it's easy to confuse a soulmate with a mirror. Yes. And we know as we progress, and, and I'm thinking of the very end of the series and these lines that they're saying over kind of some B-roll. And, and they've already kind of had some discussions of, you know, they are, they are very much alike yeah. in the best of things and in the worst of things. That they are very much alike. But I do think that that was a, that was a really um, authentic and mature viewpoint to say that, yeah, sometimes it's easy to confuse a soulmate with a mirror. Yeah. And I think, I think she took that, she took that in and really processed it. And he asked if the connection between 
her and Billy was gone. And she doesn't answer him. She just kisses him. But when she kisses him, her face moves off to the side and you see a shot of her. And I think, you know, Nikki's like nuzzled into her ear or something. And the look on her face Mm -hmm. is one that she knows that this connection is not gone. She has just removed herself from the situation. So she has not had to face this on a daily basis. Yeah. But she has not gotten through closure on this. So, oh, gosh, no. You know, she's not she's not over it. And um, she's thinking that Nikki is going to help her get over it. But she's not really over it. So then, um, you know, um, they, we cut to, it's outside on the island and they're looking over and we, they, Daisy and Simone are, they, and I think this is probably one of the first like real conversations they've really had by themselves. They haven't had a whole lot. And, you know, she's talking to, um, Simone's talking about Bernie and how, you know, she's good, you know, how she cares about her and stuff. But she says, I don't want to play small clubs forever. I want what you got. And, um, and Daisy says, well, why can't you have both? Well, we know Simone lives in the reality. And as much as we would love for her to be open about Bernie, she knows that if she really wants to make it as a pop star, that that's not going to work. And it's also just a really not, it's really not thoughtful for Daisy to say that because she knows that too. She should have enough sense to know why she can't have both. Right. And the the better be, as a friend would be to say, well, I'm sorry you feel like that. Are you sure? Not just be like, well, why can't you have both? I've got both. Well, no, you don't. Yeah. And then, and she, and I, it hurts Simone. And Simone says, well, last time we spoke, you were in the middle of getting your heart broke. It was a month ago. And, and um, Daisy goes, well, Billy made me miserable and Nikki makes me happy. And I just want to be happy for once. I want to be the one, for once, I want to be the one who gets to be happy. And again, if she were sober, these, this, this converse, this ending lines from her about Billy making her miserable, Nikki making her happy. And I want, I want my happiness finally. I want to be the one that gets to be happy. If she were sober, I would have embraced this a lot more. But again, like you said, they're not really showing her using a whole lot. We see a couple of scenes where she's like, I think we saw a scene where she's like walking through the house and she pops a pill. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we see them drinking a lot. Um, But I think, again, we have removed ourselves. It's really easy to be this way when you are not faced with those those obstacles or those triggers it's really easy to be all zen and be all together and having these wonderful vantage points in life but if you have not gone through the trenches and gotten yourself through that you're just you're just avoiding it's just avoiding and it's also it's just been a month you're seriously you're over billy and you're you're in love with this other guy and it's been a month but so you know people like that that you know fall in love I, real I mean, quick. I mean, I mean, you know, look, 
we've all made we've all made poor decisions at one time on the rebound but yeah so we cut to the wedding and it was a very beautiful wedding um you know i loved the whole you know veil being pulled over them and then being under this veil together and she genuinely looked you know like she was true they both looked like they were madly in love with each other and it looked super, I mean, it was beautiful and it looked super authentic as far as, as far as the, you know, the, the love for each other. And they cut to 1997 Daisy and this, this line just, it got me. This is, she says, I've done a lot of dumb things, really dumb things that I'll regret until the day I die. But I do not regret that day. Yeah. I think she really, really tried to go into it being authentic. Um, you know, I think she wanted it to be real yeah. and wanted it to be, <clears throat> you know, solid and good and healthy. I think she went into it with all the best intentions, but she also went into it trying to escape her reality. I mean, I think she wants, she wants someone to love her the way Camila and Billy love each other. Like she wants that, mm -hmm. you know? she wants somebody she wants somebody to just love her for, just love her yeah. she didn't have that from her parents she thought she was going to have that from billy you know she had those relationships where men stole her music or men stole her lines and tried to make her the muse and you know finally she like looked at this relationship with nikki as being real and authentic and finally it was a love that he had for her and I mean, I would say the only real love that she really had that was is, has been reciprocated is Simone. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the, the, they're having the reception. It's very beautiful. Everyone's dancing. Daisy and Nikki are dancing and looking very much like they're kind of in their own world, which is, you know, typical what you would expect at a wedding. And um, Simone finally... You know, there's an exchange and a conversation about how, you know, Simone feels like they can be authentic in themselves because nobody knows them there. So she pulls her out onto the dance floor. And before that, you see kind of Simone standing off to the side and she's kind of watching Daisy and Nikki. And there's this look in her eyes that I think is like, I really want that. And I think that's when it kind of clicks that they could have that while they're here. You know, while nobody knows them, um, wishing that, you know, she could live out loud with Bernie. And so she takes this opportunity and they, she pulls her out on the dance floor and they start dancing. <laughs> and she finally, you know, in the midst of this, nobody knows us and I can be, I can be with Bernie out in the open. And she finally, I guess, has the nerve to finally admit to Bernie that she really does love her. And Bernie's response, well, no shit. <laughs> Love her. Love, Love Bernie her. so much. <clears throat> Bernie's great. So then later that night, um, Nikki is kind of off to himself doing his own thing, and Simone sees him, and he, Nikki goes, oh, you think this is crazy. And Simone says, no, it's sudden. Um, crazy is staying here and her not going on tour with the band that took her to number one. And Nikki's like, well, nobody tells Daisy what to do. And Simone says, well, you're her husband. You could talk some sense to her, into her. And Nikki says, well, she says she's happy. Don't you want her to be happy? And then um, Daisy walks up and um, they make a big point of like, let's get high. And they take acid 
and um, and Nikki gives this gives Simone this look, like, look, I she's mine now, right? You know, um, you, you just and you see him encourage her. Yeah, let's let's get let's take some acid. And then they're gonna go swim out in the middle of the ocean mm-hmm. when it's pitch yeah. black outside. Yeah, and they're tripping on acid, and Simone's yeah. like, mm, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go, and then. <clears throat> Nikki's having this conversation with with Daisy the next day. Oh my god, this pissed me off so bad. And he says, you know, well Simone Simone doesn't approve of me. And she's like, oh no, no, that's not that's not it. And and he said, no, she doesn't approve of me, and she wants me all to her. She wants you all to herself. Yeah, he's like, isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious? She she's in love with you. I'm like, jerk. Well, and that's, I mean, let's, like, that's a number one in the playbook of abusive relationships is to isolate people from other, from their loved ones. Mm -hmm. So that's the first little, little thing he's decided to do. And he's not isolating her in what we would think of as like physically pulling her away. No. He is creating this wedge. Yes. And that to me is just, you know, oh, that's so scummy. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is how we're going to play. Okay. So, all right, if that's what you if that's what you want to do, dude, yeah. then let's go. But we get to <clears throat> Simone packing up and she's getting ready to leave and she walks out of the house and Daisy's about, you know, Daisy's like, "Well, how about you stay one more week?" and someone's like i got i got shows booked i've got responsibilities i've got bills and you know this scene where nikki this, nikki's in the same room and he kind of clears his throat and i feel like that clearing yeah, they're up on that patio is, area yeah, and he really, kind of goes <clears throat> and it's kind of that see i told you kind of yeah it's it's, re- it's a it's a it's an audible like okay yeah. daisy She's saying all the things I told you. Yeah, I told exactly. you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of audible, that kind of audible yank at the leash for yeah. Daisy. Yeah, like oh, um, just here, here it is. See what I was talking see, about. I told you so. This is all that she's trying to do, and so he says he's going to excuse himself to go get tea, and she's like, yeah, you know, I got, I've got bills to pay, I've got responsibilities, and <clears throat> Nikki leaves, and Daisy says, you know, you used to be fun. I don't know what happened to you. And Simone, well, some of us have to work, Daisy. Some of us have to work our damn asses off to even get half of what you got. And imagine that as Simone, as somebody who had already been on the music scene, and then Daisy shows up. And so you've been putting in this time, and Daisy falls into it. Yes. And and now we're just pissing it away. And and we didn't even really talk about it before, but... I don't know if I'm Simone. Look, I try to be happy for my friends whenever things, good things happen for them. I do. But there's still sometimes a part of me because I'm shallow and You're human. Uh, flawed who goes, well, why couldn't that happen for me? And you look at um, Simone. She gets a call from Teddy. It's not a call from Teddy to be like, hey, Simone, I want us to do a record together. It's like, oh, hey, remember Where's the Daisy? girl that you introduced to me? Where's she at? Yeah. I'm not you really know, here like, to talk about you and what's going yeah, on in you know, your you know, life. 
And Simone left that go. Simone's a good person. And was like, no, I don't know where she is. And when my friend's in trouble, I go look for her. But, but I mean, we've, all, we've all been in those types of situations where you can sit there and look at somebody and say, look at all that you have been given or all that yes. you, you know, got. And you were just pissing it away. And I'm out here busting my hump. Yes. To try to get just a little bit of that. And I can't yes. catch a break. And yeah. you got a break and you just pissed it away. Yeah. And and now you want to come over here and play house. Yeah. So, I mean, the, it it didn't it was very uh, it was a very emotional scene to watch. Um I I'm just a louder more animated person, so I probably would not have been quite as civil and quiet about it. As I said, Simone says, you know, some of us had to work our asses off to even get half of what you've gotten. And Daisy's like, I don't know what's going on with you. And Simone reminds her of the girl. She said, remember that girl, the girl that walked around with her notebook, her diary, and that girl that really wanted to be heard. And Daisy was like, I did that and I was fucking miserable. And we see there's a, they cut away real quick and Nikki is downstairs, window open, and is hearing all of this. And so she says, you know, I, I did that and I was fucking miserable. And someone says to her, you're not going back because you're afraid of Billy. Calls her out because, again, you know, we have escaped our reality. That's why she's not going back. And, and then, you know, you're not going back. And I know, I know hurt people hurt people. So Simone jabbed that thing in of you're not going back because you're afraid of Billy and Daisy just turned it around and jabbed it back in and said, are you in love with me? Are you in love with me? Because, of course, Nikki put that in her brain, mm -hmm. planted that one in. She would have never thought that. Never, no. never, 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 never. No. But are you in love with me? And the absolute look, I, I, I don't know what the hurt, the horror, mm -hmm. I don't know how Betrayal. to describe it. But Simone was just absolutely broken um, mm -hmm. by that. And so we cut to um, Bernie and Simone are getting ready to get on their tender boat um, to go somewhere. And Daisy's running down and she says, oh, and I loved this. And she says, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Daisy says, I'm sorry. And Simone comes back and she says, and, you know, and there's this single tear coming down Simone's face. Mm -hmm. And she says, I do love you, Daisy. And I'll tell you what love is because you clearly have no fucking clue. It's when somebody tells you the truth, even when you don't want to hear it. Yep. And then, then let's finish out the line. And then the line goes, and I love you so much. So I'll tell you the truth. You're a real selfish bitch. Yep. And that was a great, that was. Well, and I think that this whole, this whole sequence from her calling her and saying, I need you to this moment is so typical of addicts, because I think the biggest thing about an addict is they are selfish and they put their addiction and their need above everything else in their life, their friends, their family, their body, everything else. And for and as much as I do believe Daisy loves Simone or other people, she loves her addiction more. 
you know, and I think she that... She's just a super selfish individual because she sent this fucking telegram. Yes. I need you, Daisy. Yes. That's it. And she got the reaction that she wanted because any reasonable person yes. is going to think that there's a problem. Simone races to her side only to find out, oh, I'm just getting married and I want you to be here. And then to just be slapped with this, you know, you're just in love with me. You're jealous of me. You're jealous of my happiness kind of thing. And then, you know, and again, that line is so, so true. Loving somebody is telling them the truth, even when they don't want to hear it and you don't want to have to say it. Yeah. So... Yes, but, and also I would say so much of their relationship has been about Simone being there for her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and never like, wouldn't it have been nice for her to have said, you know, I feel so lucky that you introduced me to Teddy. I wouldn't have any of this if you hadn't done that for me. You know, where, where's any of that, you know? And I mean, I'm bitter for Simone, you know, and um, no, it's so good. And but it's also so important for Daisy to do to go through this, because if if Simone is still there for her and helping her, then we're never going to get to the Daisy that we really need. But yeah. nothing sadder than a friend breakup. I feel like friend breakups are just are almost as sad as or more sad than romantic breakups. Because would... friends are supposed to last. Right. Yeah. And this was truly a break. Yeah. And this was not a breakup that probably either one of them had experienced in their life. Oh. So there's a lot of emotions in there that they don't know how to handle or deal with. Yeah. So then we cut to Nikki is reading the Rolling Stone article and he's because he's found it and he says I I didn't realize you were this famous and you know she he says I heard what you said outside this need to connect is it true and maybe she's right maybe you should go back and Daisy says I I want to go back but I can't get hurt again and Nikki says it won't be the same this time I won't let anyone hurt you ever again and so so did he really want her to go back because of this desire to connect or did he have some realization when he opened up rolling stones and saw that and was like holy shit she's actually very popular and i, I don't could know. Get, and i could and i could be hitched onto that well and i would say that the book I don't know, when we watch next next week's episode and then reflect upon how it is portrayed in the book, I'm interested to, I need to look at it again. Because I don't know. In this moment, I think he, in this moment, let's just say, like, if I'm looking to and I don't really know what happens in the future. Like, just, I think it's, he is maybe like, well, you're the biggest rock star in the world. Like, don't you, you worked really hard for this. And supposedly, I love you, shouldn't I support you in this? Mm-hmm. Now, as we move forward, do I have doubts about that? Yeah, but in in this moment, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't. If I'm him, why would I want anything to change? I've got this woman the way I want her right here, and we're living this life. So the dramatic me thinks: Is he really as rich as he t- he says he is? 
he says he's from this family of aristocracy. So is he really got all that trust fund money or is he broke and he's seeing a place to hitch his wagon onto and a money train and he can be a kept man because Daisy is so successful and she's going to be this huge rock star. Oh, I think there's probably that. I mean, I probably, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of White Lotus season two where they're just trying to find some rich lady to, you know, get. I mean, very few <laughs> aristocrats are still rich, you know, in right. England now. I mean, I mean, I, I, I would just say I'm still trying to figure out how an Irish person is still a lord because, a aren't all the Irish lords, weren't they taken over by the Brits? Like, doesn't, like, isn't, I don't, like, the whole Irish aristocracy thing didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I just let it pass because, you know. Sometimes we have to suspend reality. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm thinking he wouldn't be Irish. I'm thinking he would be technically British because the British, you know, overtook Ireland and have a history. There's, you know, a big history there of the hatred of them. So, um, so that that I don't history. know. Don't worry about history. We're just. I don't know how that worked, and you know, I'm sure Scott Newstat <laughs> probably can give me some ex- explain to me what that all of is. He's like, well, technically, he's, you know, because there's like people who are British who live in Ireland and consider themselves Irish, even though they're British, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, but I thought that confusing. But, um, and he says though, you see how scared she is. And we, we see, she, we know that she's running. She ran away. This is all about running away. And she goes, I don't want to get hurt again. And he's like, well, you won't be hurt because I'm not going to let, let anybody hurt you. And you probably do think, well, look, I got a new boyfriend. I'm going to walk in there and nobody, and so Billy can fuck off because I got this hot Irish boyfriend. Husband. Husband. Yeah. So she's, you know, it's not going to be like that. So the next shot we see is they're on the highway in LA and you hear regret me on the radio and um and Nikki of course it's regret me of course it has to be that and then Nikki Mm -hmm. says is that you and she's like I guess we're about to find out and at the point of the song that they're listening to because he takes a couple of seconds before he recognizes that it's her it's the line of I'm a slippage in the system and I'm perfectly ready to strike go ahead and regret me but I'm not easing up on this mic yeah. She's like, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. And scene. And scene. And so I wrote a little note here that the title of this is She's Gone. And at first you think it's about Daisy, but I think it's actually about Simone in some ways. Valid point. You know, yeah. and it's about both of them. But I think, you know, not having Simone in her life is a big step in the ba- the wrong direction for Daisy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm so, going to have to go back and listen to the lyrics on the Hollow Knight song because, one, I love that song a lot. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to listen to the lyrics to connect it back. But, yeah, I do think that's a very good point. That at first we thought it was the escape of Daisy, but we've had this friendship breakup. And so now yeah. Daisy's going to have to Daisy's gonna have to deal with the aftermath of not having Simone in her life. Yeah. I mean, and really, she doesn't have anybody. The last time she needed somebody, she had to call Karen. Like, you know, Simone, like, all of these other people have people in their life, and she doesn't. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an interesting episode, and, you know, I'm glad that, like, this would have been a tough one if they had just, like, this had been the only episode they released. I mean, it's good that they released it. You know, I think they released it with episode eight, 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and these, that's good. These next few episodes are intense. Um, they are intense. And then I've watched them again, and they're still as intense. So, but... There we are. You know, um, I survived this, got through it with COVID. <laughs> Kudos and, to you, man. And, um, Kudos to you. So I want to thank everybody who listens, if all, all, all the people <laughs> out all. there, all of our fans. <laughs> all of our fans. <laughs> for being patient as we missed a week because I went to Nashville and got COVID. Um, but, um, but you had fun. Yeah, I did. And so we will be back on schedule next week and we'll finish this out, I think. Pretty you soon. Ma- we'll see what happens. See what happens. All and, right. Um, Thanks yeah. a lot, everybody. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at Nobody's Muses. Feel free to email us, nobodysmuses at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You can find our podcast anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.